the creator of Y2K. Welcome to this Q&A episode. With me here is Anna Jartun. Hi. Hi. <laughs> and Anna plays Tammy. And we're actually uh, sitting in the same room for the first time in more than a year. Almost, I think. Yeah, I think so. God, it's been so long. It really has. Yeah. <laughs> Almost a year because I think it was like August or something. You no, you're right. Thing, there, were, there, there were things growing. In my, on on your, my balcony. Yeah. <laughs> you're right. You're right. No, but it's been a really long time. And we just finished recording Tammy's final lines. Yes. Ba-ba. Oh, it's kind of sad. <laughs> it is kind of sad. I, it, it's, it was funny because we just finished um, Tammy's in two episodes uh, this season. And we just finished the second episode. And you did a little woo-hoo. And then you did a little Yes. <laughs> because it's both right yeah yeah it's been so much fun it has and I'm so glad that you took Tammy on and and really I mean this was definitely your first voice acting job yep yep (laughs) and kind of just grew out of the fact that you and I are friends and we've been friends since the late 90s yep let's see was it 97 or 98 98 let's decide 98 yeah that sounds good uh because we started studying drama in 98 we just decided it was 98 and actually with janice who plays um cat or katarina uh, as well so we've all known each other for a really long time we're old yo well Uh, yes we are we're middle-aged you can be (laughs) (laughs) middle-aged Very well, I can be middle-aged. It's scary. Anyway, so we've known each other for a really long time and we started studying drama and we did actually there do a few sort of stage things together, which was fun. For example, both all three of us actually were involved in the House of Bernardo Alba, which, yeah. Because we resurrected the drama club. We did, yeah, we did. Because it had been dormant for a few years. It had been and we just said, there should be one, let's resurrect it yeah um, and you did the costumes and uh, Janice played Martirio and mm. I directed it and of course in one of the Patreon bonus episodes of season one Kat and Jess act in the house of Bernard Alba oh. anyway um so we've known each other for a long time and I sort of just roped you into this because of the fact that you and I and um our script editor, Lena, uh, have a nonfiction podcast together in Swedish. So I just sort of said, Olivia needs a friend. Everyone needs a friend. Everyone needs a friend and Olivia needs a friend. And Tammy, to start off with, was quite, in my mind, very much of a small character who wasn't mm. wasn't going to do that much. Mm. But then you took her on. And since I know you very well, <laughs> she became more or less... Uh, sort of a version of you uh yeah yeah how like, do you feel about that <laughs> I don't mind <laughs> I kind of like it I do remember that there's one episode where where Olivia talks about they, they'd been out the day before mm, yes and I mean we, we both know where that com- comes from <laughs> yes uh, like That's how you it, and yeah. me and it would start with us going out for coffee at around mm. four after lectures yeah ended. and then that would turn into dinner because hungry and a few drinks because then, beer yeah and then that would turn into let's go for another drink because beer and then that would turn into let's go dancing because beer yes and this would be <laughs> on like a tuesday and then we would have to stay out until the first like trams in the morning which was like yes five yeah obviously yeah and then we'd have a lecture at like nine or ten and this happened many at least a few times a month (laughs) (laughs) oh god student life right good times how (laughs) could we afford it i wasn't working like i was for parts of it i was working part-time well i think we really didn't spend money on anything but sort of rent and yeah beer (laughs) (laughs) and it was cheaper back then it was, it was. Even in expensive Sweden, it was cheaper. Yeah. So we started then, and yes, that is very much you. And I actually wrote that scene, and the character that Olivia was talking about was called Anna. <laughs> and then once I introduced the character of Tammy, I was like, well, obviously, this is Tammy. Yeah. <laughs> Instead. But then with uh, season two, uh, of course, my idea was that all of the 
12 main characters would have their own episode. And so Tammy got her own episode as well. Uh, and also, spoiler, appears in Olivia's episode. Yes. Which, well, you know, it's not a huge spoiler. Will basically surprise no one, I think. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, spoiler. <laughs> and so for I had this idea for season one that Tammy was a little bit verging on being an imaginary friend. Oh. So you remember that bit in the, in the, we're going to spoil all of season one here. So if you haven't listened to season one, go do that. And then listen to this a few weeks later once yeah. you're all done. Anyway, so remember that bit, Kat and Jess have this phone call episode, which is episode 34. And Olivia isn't in that episode. And Olivia says, Tammy assures me that there will be an episode next week. I don't know how. <laughs> <laughs> and then we, I just left it there and then Olivia skips a week and then she comes back after the phone call episode that um, Kat and Jess have on their birthday. And so I had this sort of idea that maybe Tammy wasn't either she was a little bit magical or she wasn't quite really there. <laughs> but then, of course, <laughs> I had to abandon that with my idea for season two. And I had to give her uh, a family and other friends mm. and uh, past and the situation so I went back to before season one uh, to what happens. And now we're spoiling episode seven. So if you haven't listened to that, well, here we go. <laughs> so and I gave her uh, a mom and a dad uh, and two very nerdy friends. Yes. Uh, and uh, and we were saying that because we just recorded that those bits and we were saying that we we both really enjoy those both the family dynamic that you get a glimpse of, mm. of Tammy's mom and dad, and also the lovely friends that she has and their dynamic. Everyone is just so very sweet. They are. And they're, so, they're such 19-year-old nerds. Yeah. And it's so beautiful. And smart and kind. Mm -hmm. Supportive. And have wacky ideas. Yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> That's not too spoily. That's not too spoily. No, yeah. you're right. And I actually cast uh, my husband, uh, Bjorn, as your dad, yes. <laughs> <laughs> which uh, both you and he found very uh, funny, I think, because you're actually the reason that I met him. This is true. This is true. Yes. Because it was through you that I got into the, the SCA, the oh. Society for Creative Anachronism, and that's where I met him. Yes. And then seven years later, met him again, and that's when we got together. So, yeah, it's all thanks this to you. It's true. So, uh, what's it been like, this voice acting gig for you? Fun! You want to do more? Yes, hit me up. Yes, just yes. So, so same. She's <laughs> got my, my email and everything, yeah. Yes, you can just email uh, y2kpod at gmail.com. Just say, this is for Anna. Come come voice act and I will forward that and you can um, get in touch. Because, yeah, and I think also, because you've been doing, you you been doing musicals a lot in your sort of teen years and growing yeah. up because you are an amazing singer and I sang at my wedding we actually have a lot of singers in this cast this is true Kirsty's a singer too yeah. who oh, plays cool. Olivia yeah and of course Lorcan who plays Brie God. is an amazing singer yeah. and that voice oh yeah so jealous well yes mm. so beautiful and actually um Bailey who plays Andy in episode five uh, does musical musical theater. Oh, uh, cool. So, yeah. And it's also an amazing singer. So lots of singers. And if I were so inclined, I should have written a musical episode. But I can't do that. That is beyond my capacity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, that, yeah, that's a tricksy one, isn't it? But that would have been amazing. That really would have been amazing. Yeah. But it, it will not happen because I don't have those skills. But if someone else has that... <laughs> Well, hit me up, <laughs> basically, because <laughs> that would be great. That would be absolutely lovely. Yeah, so we we have a Q&A episode. So we've gotten some listener questions, uh, which we are really excited about and thankful for. And uh, Anna is going to go into her sort of Tammy mode and uh, ask me some questions. And some of them maybe we can answer together. Yeah. I don't know. We will see. Uh, so I'm, I'm handing it over to you. Ooh. <laughs> so, yes. So now I'm in charge. <laughs> you and, are. And we all know that I really like that. <laughs> so I guess we'll start with, um, here's one that is quite interesting, I think. Mm. 
So, Karen. Yes. Since these are voicemail based, have you ever thought of mentioning the new tech that started popping up during the time? Mm. Like if Olivia had had has found the old fax phone that people used to use versus smartphones that we have now. Yeah, I, I love that. That is, um, I think, from Rathion on Twitter. And I mean, fax machines, I remember using fax machines in the sort of early 90s. Mm. I know my mother had one when I was growing up. So when I was in high school, um, we had fax machines. And I think that in the sort of late 90s, there were fax machines at the workplaces I mm. would work at. But I don't think people had them at their homes very often. No, because I remember as well that when we were in London mm. uh, in college. Around the year 2000. Yeah, mm. I remember that there were quite a few things that they wanted to us to send with fax machines. Mm. Which was really hard because in Sweden you couldn't really find one. I yeah. think that the first year you could find them at like libraries. Yeah. After like no one in Sweden had fax machines. At no, that point. I think I think they'd stop using fax machines in Sweden, but mm. I think you're probably right. In the UK, maybe it was more prevalent. Yeah. Because um, in the UK it was both like both like fax machines and checks. Yes, I had a checkbook when I was living yeah. in London. It was so weird. weird. Yeah. And writing checks, because I'd never, because in Sweden, checks were a thing in the 50s and no, 60s, I, maybe? I, I remember that my mom had a checkbook, like, in the 80s. Right. She would actually balance her checkbook. Mm. But it was like, it, that was gone in the early yeah. 90s, basically. Yeah, You I would use so. carts. Yeah, exactly. Still, I I did not think about using fax, faxes. I think I was... Uh, I was so happy with the sort of voicemail, the weird online voicemail thing that I invented just to have them uh, send each other voicemails that I didn't think about using faxes. But the interesting thing about faxes is they make interesting sounds. So I love this question for that reason. I should have included a fax somewhere because sending a fax makes an interesting sound. Which would have worked well, I think. Like the modem sound yeah. we have all through season one. I love the modem sound. Yes. Oh, so brings back so many memories. <laughs> of sitting there being frustrated. Yeah. Yep. Love it. Love it. Uh, so I, I did not think of that, but you are right. It would have worked really well. Yeah. But I was thinking also like um, the old mobile phones had been a thing mm. for a few years yes. at this point. Was that like something that you were thinking about? Yes, uh, they do have cell phones actually in the show. Mm. Both of them, both Kat and Jess have cell phones, but they're the old kind of cell phones. And I think you and I had cell phones when yeah, we were living we did, in London. Yeah. And we texted that with that sort of, was it called T9, I think? Oh, that yes. That sort of auto-completed your words. Yeah. I'm not sure if that was maybe a few years later. Because I think at the time I had a, a, like a, a brick of an old sort of metallic green Ericsson yeah. that was, you had to sort of punch several times to get oh, the right yes. letter. Yes, that in, was it. the text messages. Yeah. And all you could do was text and phone and play. The snake one. The snake one. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But it was also very expensive. Yes. Uh, especially like you could text in England if you were mm. in England. But uh, if I remember correctly, even texting to Sweden was really expensive. Yeah. And you would never call on your cell phone. No, 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 no. Out, Like, yeah. Out, no, you would basically try to not call on your cell phone yeah. if you could avoid it. And you do it very briefly. I actually remember I, I got that Ericsson that I described. That was my first cell phone that mm. I ever had oh, yeah. when I moved to um, the south of England in 1999 yeah. to Exmouth. And then in the year after that, we moved to both moved to London mm. in the uh, September of two thousand. Yeah. So, uh, so I think that was my very first cell phone ever, and uh, yeah, and it was expensive. Yeah. Mm. But they do have, and I did give Cat uh, an Ericsson ringtone, and I gave gave Jess a Nokia one. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, you couldn't choose your own ring phones, ring ringtones. I think you could, but it was like could choose from like five yeah. or something. Oh, and then. Around that time, you could actually do your own ringtones, 
but you had to program them with yourself yeah. on your phone. Fo- I think it was slightly later, maybe, but yeah, around yeah, there, around there, and that was <laughs> still with the sort of beep 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 beep. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So, um, thank you for that question. So let's see. This is an interesting one. Mm. Um, Karen, did you ever consider an ending where Kat and Jess became become a couple? Of course, this would be have to be after Olivia was born. When I first listened to season one, I wondered until the reveal if Kat and Jess were Olivia's parents. So this is from Denise, who is one of our patrons. And I love this. And I did not think of that. And that would have been a really cool solution to the problem. Mm. Uh, I think the reason I never thought of that was because for me, friendship was always the central theme and the friendship between Kat and Jess was always for me a non-romantic friendship yeah so that's why I didn't think of it because for me they were so rooted as friends Mm. and I'm I'm thinking that if they had the potential to become a couple that it would have already happened that Um, makes sense yeah to in my mind yeah I'm thinking that they uh got to know each other at the same time as they got to know Claire and Claire and Jess became a couple, uh, and Kat and Jess became really good friends. Yeah. So to me, no, because I had that sort of very strong idea of them as friends. Mm. But it's a really neat solution, <laughs> and I wish I'd thought of it. I may not have done it anyway, mm. but I really like it as a solution. Yeah, I mean, on the other hand, it might have been too neat of a solution. Yeah, maybe. Sort of thing. I mean, I kind of... Because I had to do that balance where um, I had to make sure there were was a potential. As soon as one of them got or someone got pregnant, I needed another pregnancy to happen somewhere very quickly so that you wouldn't be sure of what was going on. Yeah. And so uh, then, of course, I made Rachel pregnant. That sounds like I impregnated Rachel. This is really weird. (laughs) I did not. Like well, some weird soap opera with a turkey baster. Uh, I, I fictionally <laughs> impregnated Rachel uh, via this uh, Mike character. Um, anywho. <laughs> Those things happen. Uh, well, in fiction, they do. Yeah, I'm sure they happen in real life as well. But maybe you don't talk about them quite so casually <laughs> when they do. <laughs> Anyway, so I'm, I had to make sure they were pre- pregnant at the same time. And then for a while there, from the beginning, you don't know which of Kat or Jess is the mum mm. that Olivia talks about. And then Kat gets pregnant and you're like, oh, maybe it's her. And then in the next episode, you find out that Rachel's pregnant. So you're like, mm. oh, oopsie, you still don't know. Mm. And then it takes about, you know, uh, until June. So maybe about almost halfway through the season. Yeah. Until you, Kat has her miscarriage and you know who, yeah. is, who is who. And Olivia is very sort of clear on that as well. And then she has her new mystery, which is um, her dad. But I did not think of this, but it would have been a really neat solution. Uh, and I love that you thought of it, Denise. Okay. Could you talk a little uh, about handling content warnings and your thoughts about including F-bombs? That's a good yes. one. Yes. I think... I tried so hard to have really good content warnings uh, and I do I there are verbal content warnings before um, every episode that contains something that I deemed uh, could be upsetting or triggering for someone but content warnings are hard because you always risk missing things mm. and I think one huge thing that I completely missed was alcohol oh yeah, I did not warn about alcohol at all. And of mm. course, quite a few of scenes are of people being drunk. Yeah, And of course, Claire has a drinking problem and is drunk for some scenes and then talks about her alcoholism. Mm. And I think all through season one, I did not trigger warn at all for that. And mm. that is my bad. I did should you, have. Did you get a lot of like reactions to that? I did not at all, oh. uh, which I mean is good I yeah. guess but also I I realized this maybe in I don't know uh October last mm. year or something and I was like shit I should have mm. included that and I think one thing that made me not think of it because of course I'm speaking from my own bias 
I am uh, someone living in Sweden, and Sweden has a very um, normalized uh, relationship to being drunk. Yeah. Swedes are, um, I think I made Kat say at some point that Swedes are champions at drinking or something like that. Mm. Champions at drinking till they pass out. And it really is, we have a really weird and troubling alcohol culture mm. uh, within our society, which I think probably contributed to the fact that yeah. I was blind for this. And I'm thinking as well, it is quite similar to like the British culture mm, of drinking as well. Yeah. So yeah, it's not. It's not very... It's not so easy. Yeah. So it's not hard. It's not... Um, it's easy yeah. to miss. Yes. That's because of the, the general... Yeah. yeah, exactly. So so that was one thing that I I missed, and I'm really sorry that I did miss mm. that, and I apologize to anyone who did feel triggered by that. I also thought that dropping F-bombs, is yeah. the, the, the questioner writes, and, and using swear words and strong language... I thought I'd covered that by marking it as explicit. Mm. I marked all my episodes as explicit in the sort of whatever, wherever you mark it, where you sort of send out your RSS feed, it says that all the episodes are explicit, mm. which actually is a big deal because apparently, for example, in India, I believe, you can't listen to explicit episodes. Oh, Maybe they've changed that now, but it's one of those things where you actually do limit your potential listenership if you do that. Mm. But I felt that was important because there are lots of F-bombs and there's lots of strong language and yeah. swearing and adult themes and all of that stuff. Yeah. Uh, so I was like, I need to do that. But I had quite a few reactions about the F-bombs that I should have content or trigger warned for those. Which surprised me again. Yeah. Uh, and I agree, I probably should have done that. I think, again, those reacting were, and I'm guessing here, probably American. Mm. Because I do believe that the F-bombs are worse yeah. there than they are in the UK and uh, in Sweden as well. Yeah, And uh, I know that um, in Sweden, definitely, uh, we as a people swear a lot mm. and are not sort of... And use like English swear words yeah. as well. And also in Sweden, we don't really have any swear words that are really that bad. Exactly. Uh, it's like, it's not really. No, there are very few. I mean, our swear words, uh, since we used to be uh, Christianized, we used yeah. to have a state religion in our country, which is weird. All our swear words are about devils. Basically. Devils and also some sexual yes, ones. But the the... The common ones are all yeah. devil-based. Yeah. And since we're also sort of uh, not that religious as a no. people, those really don't... No. They don't take, basically. Right. Yeah. They don't have that much of an effect, basically. And I think it's to uh, like, the only things that you might get slightly upset about mm. are the sexual ones. Yeah. And those are also not... Very no, no, like the c word. It's not. We have that in mm. Swedish, and it's not as bad. It's no, it's not viewed as as bad. No, but it is bad yeah. because but hey, misogyny. Not, yeah. but yes, but I agree with you. But it's not absolute. Like when I remember when I was in London, and as a girl, we mm. couldn't use the c word. No, exactly, because it was they not. They would just go. So no, we cannot have you sitting with us if you're going to use that <laughs> word. <laughs> yes, and so you were like, saying, uh, right. Mm. I used to treat, I used to use it a lot with the guys because they uh -huh. would get really, really upset and it was funny. Yes, and you were laughing at them. Yes, um, a lot. But which yeah, that, makes that, sense. That's interesting because mm. I yeah because I wouldn't have thought that that would be as bad either. And I guess as well as we have a lot of American shows, and they use the F word a lot. Yes, yes, but they but also only shows like not network show. I mean, this mm. is different now. Yeah. It used to be only a few years ago. But it's like um, uh, HBO has a lot of swearing, yeah. but shows that were on regular networks would not. No, and now it, this is all different, and who knows what the heck is going to happen. Yeah, but but I think that's interesting, and I think also a a general thing is that the story I was telling starts off very sort of sweet, and it's a story about friendship, and yeah. then it, boom, Goes there's dark. a lot of dark stuff happening, mm. and I think. That has been a challenge sort of that I did not anticipate mm. um, in marketing the show, because if someone listens to like the first three episodes, they're like, oh, this is the sweet story about friendship. Yeah. And, um, and you're like, 
Well, it is. Yeah. But it's also a story about really horrible stuff. Yeah. Lots of really horrible stuff. Mm. And I think that is uh, might be a reason that it's kind of a hard show to market because mm. you don't. I don't want to give away no. all the bad stuff. But also, I want to sort of warn. Yeah. And that's where the content warnings were important to sort of say, this episode deals with this stuff. And mm. if you're not comfortable with that, please skip it and go ahead to the next one. And yeah. you probably will pick it up anyway. Um, so, yeah. So how much more time do we have? Because I have Oh, we have this. a lot. <laughs> okay. Well, then we'll go. We'll do some more. Okay. This might be a long one or a short one. I don't know. <laughs> will there be a season three? Right. Um, I think I've talked about this, but I, I, I love that you ask, listener who asked this question, um, and I'm probably going to disappoint you because there will not be a season three. Wow. Yeah. The, I'm done uh, with Y2K after season two is done. And in a way for me, season two is an epilogue to season one. Yeah. Because season one was weekly and it was 54 episodes. It was very long. It was very sort of long arc storytelling. Mm. And season two is a sort of let's focus in on each of these 12 characters and pick a point in their life when something is going on yeah. before or after season one. Because, of course, it's, um, it varies and check in with them and get to know them a little bit better. But season two is more or less standalone. You could definitely listen to one episode and be like okay i have i've heard a story now yeah though if you've listened to season one you're gonna know so much more about the characters of course so i'm done with y2k after uh after this and there will not be a season three i do keep keep getting ideas um about sort of potential spin-offs mm -hmm. because Every single one of these 12 episodes of season two makes me go, oh, I love these characters. They're amazing. I want to continue with them. Um, and also, of course, I mean, there are so many more characters in yeah. season two. And I, a lot of them are only in one episode. And the actors are amazing and lovely. And the characters are wonderful. And I'm like, I want to meet them again. Yeah. But that will not happen. If that happens, it won't be for a while. No. Well, people might write fanfic. That would be cool. That would be incredible. And if you ever do that, I will I will adore the heck out of it and promote it everywhere. So please send me a link. Yes. Write fanfic. Write Tammy fanfic. Write fanfic for everyone. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> We'd love that. Speaking of fanfic, mm. um, is there any fan art on Maya's artwork anywhere? I have good pictures in my head, but I'm curious to see how other people interpret it. Ah, oh, I love this question and I haven't seen any. So please, if you feel inspired, go do some artwork because I also have really clear pictures in my head. That would be so cool. That would be so cool. Especially of the firewoman made out of beads, which sparkles in sunlight oh. and hangs in this in the town hall in Auckland. Yeah. I actually looked up the town hall, what it looked like, the staircase and the sort of uh, skylight. And I was like, yes, it will be perfect right there. And I see it hanging oh. there. Uh, and it, it is amazing. So I would love if, if someone wanted to do that. Uh, but sadly, I have not seen it. Oh. Yeah. But yeah, please make fan art and fanfic. We would love that. Good Lord, we would love that so much. <laughs> oh, and uh, this might also tie in a bit. Mm. How has the production process been different from season one to season two? Uh, yeah, very different. I think the basic thing is that season one, I did almost everything before releasing a single episode. Mm. And that was, of course, because it was going to be weekly. So when we released season, uh, episode one in January of two. 2020 why am i saying it like that 2020 yeah. uh, I don't know. you don't know <laughs> then i was everything was recorded i think bar a few lines for maybe you or janice one of i think janice but basically everything was recorded basically um and also oh you you and olivia did some extra recording as well that spring yeah uh, or kirsty for olivia but it was basically all recorded i had sound designed almost half of the episodes and I had preloaded so many social media posts and stuff like that. So it was uh, it was 
a completely different process where I worked so hard writing it and casting it and directing it and recording it and sound designing it without actually having anything out. Yeah. And then I released it into the world. So that was very different because season two, I wanted it because Y2K is very sort of ties in very much with dates and times and weeks. It's it just kind of happened and I went with it. But it means that I mm. wanted it had to be weekly for yeah. a whole year because of the structure that I committed to and the structure I committed to for season two. It had to be monthly for a whole year because of the months and the 12 characters. And uh, yeah, this is just who I am, basically. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and Anna knows this very well. Uh, I am not going to comment. <laughs> But but yeah, uh, so it was very structured and which meant I wanted season two to start right after season one mm. and also go for a whole year. But of course, it's very, very much less work being uh, fewer episodes, although they're almost twice as long. So it's only sort of half as much work in terms of that. And also, I had 16 actors in total for season one. I have 40 two actors I think for season two. Oh dear and I did not realize that the logistics of coordinating actors mm -hmm. would take so much time because that was a, a, a surprise uh, for season two and also uh, conversely I have um, Tal and Emmett who are sound designing almost all of the episodes uh, which means much less work for yeah. me of course and and that is through Patreon that I can pay them to sound design. That is um, amazing. Which is amazing. Mm. And I didn't have to do that myself because season one, I did all of my own sound design and it was a lot, a lot, a lot. Before. I remember. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> we did not see Karen much that <laughs> no. year. Nope. True. But you were also very, very happy. Even though you had a lot. Yeah, I mean, you're still very happy. Yeah. yeah. This feels like you found your niche, which is yes. great. Well, I am like you are a nerd. So I nerd I nerd into things nerd and right now. This is my nerdy thing. Nerding hard. Nerding hard. Absolutely. Always. I think maybe it's time for the question that you wanted, that you picked for okay. us to talk about. Yes. So basically, yeah, uh, this question is, I don't know from who, but mm -hmm. it's a good question. So I've understood parts of the story are based on your own experiences, Karen. Mm -hmm. How much and how does that feel? Yeah. I mean, I think... You picked this one because of the fact that you and I were both in London and we knew each other in the year 2000 yeah. when, and I've talked about this briefly in the cast interviews uh, for season one, uh, which you were not a part of because of scheduling. So I'm extra happy that you're here now doing this with me. <laughs> um, anyway, but so you and I were in London. We knew each other uh, when I had this toxic re relationship that parts of the story is based on yeah and that was very much the impetus for telling Kat's story yeah. basically was that that I'd had this experience long ago now of course yeah. and I'd felt for a really long time that I wanted to tell the story but I did not want to tell the story uh, factually no I wanted to tell it in fiction and so Kat's and Jono's relationship is a sort of woven together of many different parts which a lot of the feelings mm. uh, or almost all of the feelings are mine yeah and the relationship dynamic is very similar but the character of Jono is quite different in many ways yeah and I borrowed uh, trauma from other people to add into it yeah <laughs> <laughs> Which is because I remember when I started listening, because mm. I actually did not read the whole script of season no, one. No, you were recording for Tammy. And as mm. Tammy is kind of only in Olivia's world, yeah. you didn't really need to read the other story. No. So you actually got it listening. Yeah. And I remember, especially in in the beginning, mm. it was, I wouldn't say traumatic, but it was hard because some of the things I recognized mm. And then we talked about it and you said basically that don't read too much into, like, if you don't recognize it. It's uh, something else. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I'm going to just decide now that everything I don't recognize 
yeah. did not happen. Even if it might have, mm. I don't need to know that. Yeah. And maybe yeah. I don't even want to know that. <laughs> no, it's true. But it was uh, like the parts that I did recognize yeah. was hard, some yeah. of it, because standing outside as well and knowing mm. that well, we couldn't stop it. You mm. can't stop someone being mm. in a toxic relationship. But yeah. so, so we were all quite young as well. Yeah. And yeah, it's it's we hard were. when when you're young and sort of you want to be supportive. Mm. And sometimes it feels like the only way to be supportive is to sort of let people do yeah. the things. And just be there. Yeah. And I did, because of the fact that I wrote, um, I wrote Jess's character as the friend trying to support and having the added problem of trying to support from really far away. Yeah. So I wrote in the story, I wrote both of those perspectives because of course I've been the friend as well yeah. to others who have been in, in, in bad relationships. And, and I agree with you. It mm. is extraordinarily hard Yeah. because you don't know, you do know that if you say too much, you will alienate them and they oh, won't God. talk to you. Yep. And that's not good because no. then they have no one. Yeah. That's very bad. But you also know that you can't pretend that all this crap is okay. No. Because you can't. It's really hard. Yeah. And you sort of, you push a little bit and then you have to back off. Mm. And you push and you back and you're sort of, yeah. okay, I can't really. And I yeah. know it was like parts of it was hard as well because you, you push a bit too far mm. and then okay no no communication for yeah. for however long it's yeah like, you oh. get you get this wall yeah mm. and you're like okay that was bad how do i get back into the, the loop again yeah yeah exactly yeah. and i tried that was actually a challenge in writing because mm. i had to i had to have episodes where cat uh, and jess were communicating yeah uh, of course because that had to happen basically every week uh, so that isn't quite true to life because I think in real life, Kat would have shut down completely mm. a few times. Yeah. And I think I only made her do that once. Completely yeah. shut uh, Jess out. And then they get back in touch within a week or so mm. because I have to get have them communicating because the <laughs> story. But I think in real life, it, it definitely is more that, that you sort of, you probe a little too much mm. and you don't know that it's a little too much until that wall slams down yeah. and you're like okay right so that went bad <laughs> that wasn't good mm -hmm. because what is happening I mean and I, I think I've, I've talked about this before it was cathartic for me but it was also incredibly traumatic to write yeah, of I course it was yeah. and then it was traumatic to um to listen to uh, Janice because Janice is such an incredible actor yeah. Which is why I cast her. I, I knew that she was amazing at being completely uh, broken and hurt. Yeah. And, and raw. And raw. Yeah. And, and just painful yeah. in the best possible way. Um, and so that's why I cast her. But just listening to her takes and listening to Adam as Jono, mm. uh, who also has done an incredible job yeah. just being this complete asshole. I mean, it's God, just... Yes. I've gotten some listener reaction or quite a few of, I don't know why, but he just makes me so angry. And I'm yeah. like, yes, Adam, we did it. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, that sort of the, the whiny martyr yeah. thing. And just man the manipulative yeah. martyr, it's all about me thing. Yeah. Which is, you know, that is what happens. Yeah. So that was really hard. And I always, when I went into a Cat and Jono scene, to um, sound design and edit, I was always dreading it and yeah. sort of going, I don't really want to do this. Mm -hmm. But then after I was done, it was like a weight was lifted. Yeah. And I do think, I mean, I make one of them, I think maybe Jess say trauma never really goes away because it doesn't, no. it never goes away, but you can work on it. And this for me was incredibly cathartic in working on it. Yeah. Because you sort of think, don't you, like 20 years later that, you know, it's over. Come on. Yeah. We're, I'm done with this. I've, I've been through this like thousands of times. I've been in a happy relationship for so many years. Yeah. And yet once I started scratching the surface and it all came flooding back, mm. there's trauma there. Yeah. Hello, trauma. That's okay. Like, that's fun. I was just <laughs> going to say that, that you, that it was sort of 
cheap therapy and then I just <laughs> no. just just realized how much money you spent doing this. I was like, yeah, you probably would have been <laughs> it would have been cheaper to just find a psychologist. Well but yes. not as much fun for everyone else. Uh, oh, fun. fun. Yeah, not, as, not as much um um catharsis and yeah. entertainment because it yeah, is entertainment yeah. after all, even though it's painful. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I mean, I've, I've, I've been to, I've had plenty of therapists over the years. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I've the, spent that money too. Yeah, about time you did something else. <laughs> yeah. No, but I do, I do feel uh, like it's helped. Yeah. Process this old crap, you know? Yeah, that's very good. Yeah. And I, I mean, I've had, it's not only you, but other friends who were there yeah. when it was happening have also had sort of very emotional responses to yeah. it because it is it is really hard yeah and it is really it's really hard to stand by and watch yeah. someone go through that through that and also try to balance that <sighs> trying yeah. to be supportive but knowing that I mean as the friend I can't pull this person out mm. but I also cannot pretend like everything no. is great because it's obviously not yeah. and I mean we were also all of us around 25 yeah which is a more dramatic age as well <laughs> to be yes. honest I yes. mean I think it would be in a way easier now especially yeah. we've been friends for so long yeah so like if one of us were in a really yeah. bad relationship we could also just be like listen seriously mm. girl this what are you got, doing? Yeah, this has got to stop. Do yeah. you need money? What do you need? <laughs> yes. Do you need a getaway car? Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll fix it. Yeah. I'll, I'll, like, I won't help you, like, bury the body necessarily, but, 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 well, but we need if to. If you sort, really need me yeah. to, I will. <laughs> and then perhaps we'll talk about talking to the police. <laughs> yes. Yes. But, I yeah. will help you call the police. That might hmm. be better. Yeah. I, but I think. I think you're right. It is the more dramatic age. And I've been thinking thinking a lot about that because a lot of novels, for example, and also just dramatic stories yeah. happen to sort of teenagers, 20-something-year-olds. Yeah. And we're in our 40s. And the dramatic stuff that happens at our age is just mm. also really depressing. Yeah. And apart from that, you know, we're less dramatic yeah. as people. Yeah. Just because we've been through more life, right. I think, right? And I think I was thinking also, like, we were in London. We were yeah. away from, yeah. like, we had each other mm. and we had a couple more friends who happened to be there at the same time as mm. well. But London is, first of all, really big. It's, it's huge. It's kind of hard to, to even get together. Um, yeah, and I lived in North London and yeah. you lived in South London, which meant that seeing each other mm. i mean we had this fantasy uh as we were uh, moving there yeah. that we were going to share a flat somewhere or yeah. uh, something and quickly we realized so, nope. that that's not gonna work because our schools were in different ends yeah. of london basically so yeah and we were so poor as well no money yes because london i mean mm. i actually wrote that in yeah. that cat was uh had no money yeah uh because that was <laughs> A, a very real factor yeah. that we, I mean, we had student grants from from the Swedish government and mm. loans and stuff so we did have money yeah but it wasn't enough money to live in London no so it was one of those living in one of the most amazing cities in the world mm. entertainment wise restaurant wise all of that stuff yeah. and being like <laughs> maybe I can buy some yeah I'm just going to have been some rice made from stuff I got yes. at little exactly uh and buying my books secondhand oxfam books <laughs> yeah yeah but uh living in london during that time and of course for me as for cat as well that contributed to yeah. me being isolated and to me being more easy to isolate yeah. from my friends and my family and those around me and i wanted to put cat in that same position yeah and i wanted to have her friends sort of uh, try all the different various ways of yeah. getting through and trying to support and trying to say this doesn't actually sound okay you know yeah tentatively because that's what you do yeah I remember when I started writing one of my other friends who wasn't in London at the time but who was I was friends with at the time asked 
but why would you write a story about your ex-boyfriend? And I was like, but it's definitely not a story about my ex-boyfriend. God, no. It's a story about two friends. Yeah. And then there's a side story about one of them being in a toxic relationship. Yeah. But it's not about the boyfriend character. Oh, absolutely not. So uh, apart from season two, where there is a, a, an episode about Jono, hmm. where we get some... Uh, yeah, Karma Bites Back, basically. Ooh, I haven't listened to this Oh, you one. have to listen yeah, to that I one. But, because I yeah. had to have a Jono episode, because yeah. there are 12 characters in 12 months in the year, and my mind works like this, and I apologize. There is nothing to apologize <laughs> about. But, um, yeah, what was the hashtag? Hashtag... Um, Down with Jono. Yeah. Down with Jono. It's a very good hashtag. It's a very good hashtag. I think there is another one that is Jono Hate Club. That's uh, all, which is also, also very good. Very good. Yeah. We like that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you think? Do we do more questions? Uh, really is there have... a quick one, do you think? Or do we... Let's see. Um, I think we've gone through most of them, haven't we? Okay, this, I think, should be quick. Mm -hmm. And then that's the last one. Yep. Will Jess and Rachel ever get back together? Oh, no, it's not quick. Um, <laughs> I've had that one quite a lot. Mm -hmm. um, so my initial concept of Jess and Rachel was that to show a relationship that was really good mm. and really healthy and that was really good mm. for 20 years and then these two really good people realized that we're going to separate and they have a good separation I mean mm. separate it's it's always horrible and hard and tough and hurts yeah but that they're not actually angry no. with each other. They're just sad and it's just bad and horrible. But, but they both done. agree that yeah. this is... Because I think that is never shown. A separation right? where people aren't angry, where they're just sort of, we agree mm. that this is right and we're horribly sad about it mm. and we're going to need to talk through things. But this is what it is, yeah. you know? And I think... I don't know. I've been through more separations like that. Me too, right? Yeah. That it's like a sort of, it's very sad, but we're not like mad at each other. Mm. It's not like this huge, horrible. And I really wanted to show that. Mm. Um, and of course, that is the impetus for Olivia to start the podcast that she goes, my parents are separating and my world is falling apart yeah. because, you know, she's very family centered and her parents have been everything. And now it's just broken. Yeah. And but they're not even angry. more broken in a way because Rachel moves moves back, doesn't she? Yes. I mean, the this is a spoiler for episode 11. But yes, Rachel moves back to the impetus for their... I feel like I'm using the word impetus now a lot. Why am yeah, I using that? It's, it's, a, it's a good word, word a... but why would I use it three times in five minutes? Anywho, <laughs> uh, the reason they start discussing this yeah. and that it comes up is that Rachel wants to move back to New Zealand to be closer to her parents who are elderly yeah. and of course Jess does not have any uh, contact with her parents mm. but uh, her sibling uh, Bree yeah. lives in Auckland so it, it would sort of make sense mm. and they start talking about it and all of a sudden it just kind of falls apart <laughs> so my the answer to that question initially was no never mm. however if you listen to episode 12 of season two, you may find that there could possibly be another answer. I like this. An open answer. There is an opening. Mm -hmm. I left an opening. Thank um, you. I like this. <laughs> Good. <laughs> but yeah, it's not. My basic idea was just to show the separation that was not angry. Which yeah. is also really good. Because, yeah, as you say, it's much more common than... Than is shown, at least. I think so. Yeah. I think so. And I think relationships are hard things. And yes, of course, people get angry and frustrated and things don't work out. But also sometimes it just, okay, yeah. this is all done. And and I think it's beautiful in a way. They had, they are both very happy about the 20 years that they spent together. Yes. And they are both sort of very, um, they still love each other, but in a different way. Hmm. Uh, so yeah, that's my idea of it. I like it. Okay. I think we are about to wrap up. I was going to say, we haven't yet talked about what is next after 
season two of Y2K. I am, and I think I've talked about this a little bit, but I am moving into production for Cheka. Woohoo! <laughs> Thank you. Which is sci fi and which is uh, going to be an, I think, eight episode uh, season one, which will drop sometime next year in 2022. I'm not promising. I'm not setting that into any dates or months or weeks or stuff. This is in the future. It is sci-fi and it centers on Cheka who starts off on a journey from the moon base where she was born and she believes that she might be the only human left. Ooh. Yeah. This is exciting. So that's where it starts. And mm. the first season is her journey uh, mm. towards somewhere. And it is Cheka. We also hear from her mother, uh, Valen, if through recordings. Mm. And there are two AIs on the show. Cool, cool, cool. And that that is it. Yeah. So I'm I'm sort of uh, minimizing everything and um, paring it down and going for uh, an eight episode season and for actors slash characters, and that's gonna be it. And I'm really excited about it. And I have amazing actors lined up, and I can't talk about them yet, <laughs> but that's okay. <laughs> They are amazing. And um, I have uh, outlines for three seasons, but I'm not promising anything. I know her. I'm going to be here egging her on. <laughs> yes. Just so you know. That works. <laughs> that works. Yeah. So uh, thank you so much for doing this with me. It was it was beautiful. And thank you. <laughs> I'm so glad to be in the same room with you. <laughs> yeah, it's been so long. It's been way too long. <sighs> and uh, yeah, I think we're going to... Well, uh, oceans of hugs, of course. Oceans of hugs. Oceans of hugs. <laughs>